Welcome back to the Indie Basketball Podcast. Today, I am joined by Ryan Fox of the band The Good Life. We talk about Blazers. We talk about growing up in Omaha, and uh, we also, you know, we dive into the Dame Lillard saga. But we also do musician matchups with some Blazers players. So, hope you enjoy. How are you doing? Uh, I know uh, you guys were Good Life had a, has a little tour going. Are you guys on like a break for tour right now? We are, yeah. So we went out for a couple weeks and then uh, taking like six weeks off and go out in October for a couple more weeks. So yeah, this is the, I guess, the time to eat well and exercise <laughs> and stuff before Very nice. getting back at it. How's, how's it been so far? It's been great. It's, um, uh, I just, I love those guys the band you know for us to get to hang out is just a a treat to get to hang out even for these long drive days and Mm -hmm. whatever but uh it's been good like the shows have been good the crowds have been great um just a lot of sweet sweet stuff happening cool um so was the i guess obviously the intent of this tour was for the anniversary of album of the year is there any uh any talk of like another album for good life (laughs) Yeah, well, not really talk. I mean, we went to the studio um, oh, okay. a year ago. There was a lot of talk. We just <laughs> yeah. kind of didn't. Like, Tim happened to be in Omaha. I was in Omaha. It was like we just happened to all kind of overlap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let's, let's have um, Steph come into town. And uh, I think we were all there for less than 24 hours overlapping. Um, but it was fun. And it was, um, it was to watch Raj and Steph, like, click back in the drummer and bass player, just yeah. like, just like right where they were just like in in the groove you know it's like oh, wow this is cool these guys rule mm-hmm. so it's super fun yeah i don't know it was four songs i'm not i think that was just sort of let's see let's have fun i don't yeah yeah there's <laughs> it seems like uh specifically with good life there's you know you have decent gaps i guess in between releases and stuff is it like you said i guess is it is it like pretty quick to just hop right back in and like feel the connected playing together again. Yeah, totally. I mean, personality wise and, and musically just, it's, um, it's like, you know, there's a, Hey, I haven't seen you in forever. Let's do this. But then, yeah, musically it's also, you know, even when we take breaks, it's like playing, having played enough together to sort of know each other's tendencies and, you know, right. sort of just having that common language. So it's pretty cool to drop back in and, and you know just get feel like we picked up kind of where we left off even though it's been six seven years totally yeah that makes sense i guess did you did you grow up in omaha i did yeah so i lived there till i was uh my mid-30s um but yeah so when the band started in like 2000 i joined in 20 or 2001 or 2002 um yeah but yeah i grew up there Um, and you were i mean i guess i'm always curious to hear things about like uh you know saddle creek days especially early on what i guess like you have any stories with that or what that was like a little bit yeah i came in like not at the, the genesis of yeah. it like i was uh they were all those guys were a little older well most of them and 
cooler and lived in a cooler part of town and uh you know i was in the suburbs didn't have you know an older brother or anything to kind of uh set me on a path but um but yeah get moved, especially when i moved back to omaha after college just kind of clicked in with with everything and um tim uh called me we have a mutual friend i mean had one mutual friend and uh he called me he's like hey we're um you play saxophone and i was like i mean I got kicked out of high school band, but I have a saxophone. Um, anyway, like, do you want to maybe play a couple songs on this record? Like, oh, all right, cool. And uh, met up with those guys. I think they're kind of like, but is he, is he a good hang? And uh, so we went, you know, someplace that on Sunday nights has like $2 Long Island iced teas or something, you know, um, and hung out. And they're like, well, do you, what else, you know, do you want to play some bass? Anyway, I joined the band and, and made the laugh test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I must, I must have done all right. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. um so i mean aside from good life i know there's another band you played in 89 cubs uh i'm a huge fan of that album I've, I've been listening to it a lot lately um i guess story i have to know because it's adjacent obviously to this indie basketball here where did, what was the uh idea i guess in naming the band that and how'd that come about yeah that, well I mean, I was 12 in 1989 <laughs> and the cops were in the throes of, uh, yeah. in the thick of it, uh, you know, Andre Dawson and Ryan Sandberg and Mark Grace and all, you know, I could mm-hmm. probably name a dozen other guys, but, uh, it just was the team that I latched onto, you know, the, I was like, why would I be a Yankees fan anymore? They're stupid. <laughs> I've got like the Cubs right here. Cause they're on in the Midwest, they're on WGN like mm-hmm. every day. Um, and so I just was like, I love, I love this team. Um, and then um, my friend who I kind of grew up with, we'd met in the batting order when we were like nine years old. Cause our coach was like left, right, left, right. Mm-hmm. He's lefty. I bet. Right. Oh, and uh, so anyway, down, down the line, we were like, started this, started playing together and uh, we we're like, Oh, let's have a band called the 1989 Chicago Cubs. <laughs> ah, ha, ha. That's funny. And I was like, I don't know. That's cool. I like, you know, it's like, there's a really positive uh, connotation for both of us. And then, um, we, uh, slow dance, the, um, label it puts out like Velveteen records. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, cool. We'll put out your record, but we think the name's going to be a problem. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I was like, if we get sued by the Cubs, oh, that would be a dream. Man. Worth it maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. Um, anyway, uh, cooler heads prevailed and, and so we changed the name. Um, yeah that's super fun and yeah the um yeah that record came out 19 years ago too mm-hmm. so the same year as the album of the year i was busy i guess in yeah yeah 304 um was there i guess any reasons to not being more than that one album or was it just kind of a side project thing you guys just had fun doing no i mean i didn't think of it as a side project you know it was i don't know it was a there's a good dynamic there but it just yeah. it was scheduling and yeah the way that bands happen and totally. they stop playing. Um, but I get along with those guys. I saw uh, Matt Baum, the drummer we played in Omaha a couple of weeks ago. Um, we said, hey, and um, Dan Brennan, the bass player, you know, talk to him cool. all the time. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll make a next time the Cubs are uh, 12 years off from winning the World Series, we'll make a record. I guess you guys start now then, I guess, if we're 12 years out. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, Who knows? I, I threw- yeah when's that gonna be See. <laughs> um cool is i guess right now aside from from good life is there anything else you're working on 
Yeah, you know, I I um I do I fiddle around with stuff, but you know, all the time, kind of at home in a I don't know, just a like I like music and it's fun without any real uh direction or definition of it. But um I've been playing with some friends too, just dropping into their bands a little bit, helping people record. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I'll do something. I feel like I have uh maybe one last rock record <laughs> and these songs have been kicking around um but then a lot of the stuff i've been doing more recently is is kind of like synthesizer and mm-hmm. you know just like chain up eight analog delays on my guitar and right. you know um just different you know not not rock sort of stuff but i feel like those are the things that are just kind of just fun to mess around with yeah. And part of it was too, is the time it was like having a small child and pandemic and stuff. And I kind of wanted to just put the headphones on and mm-hmm. zone out late at night. Everybody else is asleep and that's, there's a whole world to explore and analog synthesis. It was, it was, you know, fun to learn after having the guitar be the sort of primary right. uh, focus for all those years. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess, you know, music wise the last the last thing i'd like to ask and i like to ask everyone is i guess what are you currently listening to is there any other music that you're currently into yeah you know i um we we uh finished tour and that's always kind of a fun fun time to hear who's who's into what and like Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of you know we listen to uh you know 90s sort of heyday of you know when we grew up and stuff um but um Roger's a great DJ. So I like, I like to drive. So like all across <laughs> Kansas, I was like, I'm going to drive. There's like, you know, a subway and an Arby's and like nothing, you know, just, right. I don't, I'm just like, this is awful. Um, but yeah, so we went through a whole thing of like, started with like obscure nineties, kind of like uh slow core indie rock, like red stars theory mm-hmm. and Lultra band from Chicago. Um, and then transitioned to like, grunge and we were all kind of like oh man we all like stone temple pilots <laughs> like, <laughs> is that cool i don't know yeah um and then like segued into uh just kind of like pop like cardi b and Dulipa and this sort of stuff um so that was fun but that's not that's that was kind of then um lately i've been listening to um uh hiroshi yoshimura okay you know Um, there's this record called nine postcards i think he was active in maybe the 80s or something japanese dude it's a lot of um like really minimalist kind of like tooth synths and maybe like a rose uh i think it gets filed under ambient but i don't Mm -hmm. i don't think of it that way because i think there's more like going on than i love ambient music yeah i think of that as kind of like a Rothko or something where you have a, a thing that's happening. You're like, Oh, that's the thing. It's beautiful. Um, it's like abstract, but a little st- static. Yeah. Whereas this is, this is more, um, I don't know. It's like a playful mel- melancholy, but, uh, in a playful way. Yeah. Like, I get it. <laughs> well, um, and then, and then I've been going, going, uh, I love flow. And, uh, so oh, I've been yeah. kind of, hopping around their catalog. I've been into, um, Curtain hits the cast lately. That song, uh, over the ocean has been mm-hmm. killing me, but yeah. I, I, I love their, uh, things we lost in the fire. Yeah. Like, all time top 10. I love that. Yeah. Love they're, that they're a band that like, I'm always blown away that like over time, like 
they're like they change their sound they're they're able to like transcend like decades i know it's amazing man because they started you know oh slow core sort of defined mm-hmm. slow core and then like look listen to their last couple records and insane it's like, so far from that but so awesome and so yeah. like pushing the limits of what 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 kind of music do they make i mean it's not slow core it's not you know it's just right. it's uh yeah it's cool and they're working with all the different kind of producers you know mm-hmm. albini jeff tweedy and um it's cool they're so good um i love that band yeah that last album like honestly there's like nine inch nails elements to it totally like all this like brutal digital static yeah. stuff like totally like because you think of the, i feel like the early stuff is so like the um i have a um all analog like uh pressing of things you lost in the fire oh, or it's, awesome. you know, like recorded tape mastered but and then the new stuff is like so digital like mm-hmm. so digitally processed but in a way that i'm like oh this is super cool in a way that i guess in you know like digital distortion and all this sort of stuff is usually like non-musical i guess yeah. in a way um yeah it's they're special brilliant yeah, especially songs like uh was it days like these where like um at first like that static sound is very jarring but they somehow find a way to make like that noise catchy i know that's the thing it's like yeah it's like yeah it's like challenging but really beautiful and like somewhat catchy in the midst of of all of it yeah it's good stuff man magic Um, some kind of magic absolutely so why don't we i guess talk talk the other half of this this coin and let's talk a little basketball all right. Uh, All right. So I know you mentioned to me that uh, you've only been a, a Blazers fan since like 2011. I guess like what got you into the Blazers? Yeah. Well, um, moving to Portland, yeah. and then uh, you know they give away pint glasses at the arena <laughs> uh, one night, and you're like, I have a Robin Lopez pint glass. I guess I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of just living here, and it's the uh, the city. It's kind of everywhere. You know, I grew up in Nebraska and for Nebraska, it's like Cornhuskers mm-hmm. football, it's like the thing that everybody rallies behind. Um, so it's a little, little like that here and just like sure. making friends and, you know, it's like what we're talking about. Um, yeah. I, I previously had uh, Eric Hauk from Portugal, the man on, and, and I know that band is like very integrated into like Portland trailblazers, honestly, like at a, even on a professional level with the, with the NBA, but like, yeah, you know talking to him it's like people in portland like that's they go hard for the blazers i know man well and just to to bring it back to like the uh the indie rock you know it's like oh hey walking out of the arena there's stephen malkmus you know or <laughs> stuff like that it's yeah. the t- it's definitely i feel like it is like the indie rock team like you know i uh you've been spotted wearing that hat on tour and like um, i i've seen you know built the spill where doug march is wearing a, a blazers t-shirt and it right. it's, it feels like such a recurring thing yeah and just obviously like you know portland scene like it kind of leans into that a lot yeah it's kind of like you're not you know you're not major label you're not big city mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're doing you're doing your thing it's a little yeah. below the radar like portland less. has that attitude to it yeah yeah totally yeah but you basically got in i guess you moved there i guess really early in the the dame kind of era right yeah yeah so it took you know i wasn't like instant die hard right away but yeah kind of through that you know when because he was drafted in 12 or 2012 i think so yeah it was because uh, they had aldridge before that and yeah aldridge was i think 
2007 or something like that, 2006 maybe. Yeah, I think Aldridge was six. Um, but yeah, I think they overlapped for a year maybe is all. It was like yeah. changing up the bar. <laughs> LA was like, all right, I see the writing on the wall. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, those, those um, really, I mean, it was like a lot of the same person, you know, for all those years, you have Terry Stotts and Dame and CJ and like yep. going to the playoffs, losing in the first round, you know, like. The story that rewrites itself. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's like, I like, I love this team. What? Oh, they're almost, you know, um, never quite did it. Um, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. And then, and, you know, starting to follow more. And, um, and so like really the, that's the lens through which I view the NBA. It's not like, I don't like, I, I really like basketball, but I don't like watch sports center really. Sure, you know? not, like, yeah. um, so it's kind of like, I get all my NBA through the Blazers, you know, like the, the broadcasts and the, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the blogs or whatever. So that's all, um, how does, how does it, how does it affect the Blazers? You know, how does it affect right. me? <laughs> I guess, did you like, did you grow up being a fan of basketball in any way or anything? I did. You know, I was like really into baseball. So it's yeah. like, baseball cards and playing baseball yeah. and the Cubs and this and that. So basketball was like, yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't have a favorite team. Everybody likes Michael Jordan. I like <laughs> Michael Jordan. He's incredible. I like the bulls. They're the, you know, yeah. closest team. Um, but I wasn't like a diehard. I mean, I, I played a little bit and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it was really like moving here. I was like, I have a team like this is, this is my team. Yeah. I guess, you know, Omaha in general is, I, I assume, like tough because they don't there is no real major sports team right yeah yeah so it's like you like baseball you're kind of like royals or okay. the cubs nobody likes the white Sox, i guess no offense if you're if that's your uh, i'm no i'm a cubs i'm a cubs guy don't worry okay good news um <laughs> but yeah yeah so there's yeah there's nothing right there as you kind of go for your uh, nearest your neighbor city biggest neighboring right. city yeah i'm trying to think like what else is near i guess maybe cardinals for baseball but as far as basketball like i mean even oklahoma city wasn't there until yeah. recently yeah it was the bulls i mean because the next nearest because the timberwolves weren't that wasn't until when did they that was i think the 80s was it the 80s it was either Cause 80s or 90s because that's closer to omaha than chicago but i feel like interesting if you're yeah. A kid, yeah if you're a kid in omaha you're like I like the Chicago team, not the Michael George. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense for sure. Um, how do you feel about this, the the Blazers situation now with with Dame? All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> Unloaded, man. You get it all out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I've had I've had a lot of talks. <laughs> <laughs> you know with friends it's it's a hot topic that's um, got to be like the bar talk these days in portland totally yeah and and even you know wearing this hat on tour and be like what do you think and it's like, <laughs> you want to know um you know it's a bummer it's you know um i don't the way that it happened is weird you know he dame was so loyalty i love the city i want to retire here i opened a toyota dealership you know like <laughs> this is it. This is my home. Mm-hmm. Um, not running from the grind, all this sort of stuff. And then like start little like passive aggressive moves on social media and rumblings. And I don't, you know, it's disappointing. I think that 
I think some people are just like, yeah, let him go, let him go win a championship. It's not going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, probably not, you know. And probably it's better for the team to not be saddled with his contract while he, you know, ages out of uh, his prime years. Sure. But, you know, nobody wants to see him go. You know, it's like, like those eight, the eight years of the, the playoff rounds, like, oh, they're going to, next year they're going to do it. And like, went to the Western Conference Finals in mm-hmm. 16 or 17 or something. Um, got destroyed by the Warriors. But yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, uh, we don't need to talk about ownership or <laughs> I mean, we can get into it, but that's like, you every, get every, awesome. every t- fan's got their, their issue with ownership of their team. Well, yeah. I mean, cause Jody Allen inherited that team uh-huh. um, from Paul Allen, like five years ago or something. Um, and she's supposed to sort of liquidate his estate and has held on to the team, you know, whatever it's a, Maybe she wants to get more, more for it. Mm-hmm. Phil Knight's trying to buy the team has made an offer. Uh, I think 2 billion was a couple of years ago. They kind of fill in his uh, business partner came back and like whoever's business partner was like apparently wrote a handwritten letter to her and, uh, and she had an assistant, like send an email back to them. You know, So she's like not even giving these dudes the time oh, of day. Man. Phil would make such big moves for that team. I know. I, yeah. It's like, every, that's what we, you know, we, the people want. Yeah, it's like, course. yeah, you know, Phil's from here. He gets it. He's like really propped up like the university of Oregon, mm-hmm. like sports programs. Um, so I don't know, you know, and like bad general manager for lots of years, Neil, Neil, she, you know, it's like he got basically got kicked out for being a jerk, which is like, <laughs> find some reason, you know, like, what did, anyway um yeah i don't know like what's what's dame supposed to do just like yeah that's fair you're making promises i think uh like you said it's like the way it's kind of happened and the whole in the current state of the nba of demanding a trade you know james harden's obviously doing the same thing right now where it's like i think especially with dame he's he's kind of putting the future of the franchise in a tough place. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, it's, um, and I think too, I think, I mean, I think they, you know, he's like suggesting that maybe they weren't totally straightforward with him. Yeah. I think they wanted to build around him always. I kind of think they're getting like Joe Cronin's not super established as a GM and maybe people don't want to like do any favors or make deals or know that his backs against the wall. So right. I don't, I kind of think they didn't even, I think they maybe wanted to draft that third pick and we're just like, we're not getting the, you know, legit value out of it. So we're yeah. going to draft Scoot. And I think then Dame's like, well, you're telling me one thing and doing another. So yeah, I'm yeah. out of here. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it's, it's, it's weird. the weird thing where like you do like kind of feel for him a little bit, but also like you're still a fan of this team in the end of the day, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what do you think about this whole the era of, um we're calling it player empowerment or something yeah. you know like where it's like you have your contract but then you can i call the shots or whatever i think i think the idea of player empowerment is cool but i think if you can just re- like not request a trade if you can demand a trade at any time and just be like i'm not gonna play i i think that kind of like voids the idea of having a contract 
Kind of. I mean, that's why I was, uh, you know, LeBron's whole thing with the the decision and, you know, all that going to Miami was like, seems like not in great taste. Mm -hmm. But I do respect that he signs shorter contracts and then Mm -hmm. signs as a free agent instead of saying, I want out, you know. Uh, and and he does that so he can be flexible in like how they build around him. Yeah, which is smart. Right. Yeah, it's very smart. Um, but you know, I feel like a lot of players they want to get their long term contract and they want to get their payday, and they just don't they don't think through. It's like, oh, I'm going to be here for eight years, whether we're good or bad. I know. Yeah, I mean, you sign a supermax. Yeah, you're saying I'll take the most money I can I can get. And I have to be here for better, you know, through thick and thin. Although apparently not, you know, then it's, do you just make your demands? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm curious what happens if the trade doesn't happen and, and camp rolls around. It's like, I feel like he, he will play. I mean, I don't, I don't that's know. So, that's so antithetical to everything uh, he's about, them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there, there is a, a thing, I think, even today that he, he did confirm that it was that he did request a trade. Like officially, because yeah. it was all just rumored before, but um, uh, there was something he said. I think about um, I, the, I'm going to win a title one way or another. So it's like I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> like, are you saying like if you don't get traded, then I'll do it here? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. Well, I, I think I told you too. Like right after you. Uh, um, DM'd me. I I just met his cousin in mm-hmm. in San Diego of all places. I was like <laughs> playing at the Casbah, which is I love that that joint. And uh, you know, I went for a walk. Oh, I got I got to find something to eat. You know, walked all through little Italy, and it's like oh, I, I need to find somewhere. You know, so I uh, stopped in this place. Like I was like, oh, okay, cool, like a bar and grill bistro sort of mm-hmm. place, and sitting at the uh, sitting at the bar, having a beer, waiting for my food, and the 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 dude who took my order was like, Oh, Hey, you know, a guy in the kitchen, his cousin plays with the blazers. Like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Which, uh, who, which one? He's like Damien Lillard. I was like, no kidding. I would say that is the blazers player. (laughs) Yeah. One that everybody knows, you know, if you know anyone. So then this dude, his cousin, Sean, I think is his name comes out of the kitchen and just like, he's like, Hey man, I used to live in Portland and you know, start uh, just chatting and I was like, you know, you can tell Dame it's like it's not too late that we'll we'll accept him with with open arms. And he was like, Yeah, the family's made up its mind, you know. That's He's funny. Like, I'm just I'm just waiting for the call. <laughs> it's, like, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Really um, nice guy. Didn't, didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. But. Yeah, of course. Um yeah, I mean I I hope it gets figured out and I hope you don't trade him to Miami and just get stuck with like Duncan Robinson and call it a day. <laughs> but no. you know, you gotta at least get some picks or something, you know. Well, yeah, that's the thing is they don't have the the assets to trade. Yeah. So then you get into some weird three and four team deal, but what what comes back to Portland? Right. On what timeline? Um we do this is a podcast, we do gossip here, right? Absolutely. Love gossip. <laughs> okay. Uh I heard, which is totally reputable, right? That's anything that starts with I heard and is gossip. I heard that Dame's getting divorced um, from someone who I know well, know somebody who works at a law office. Mm -hmm. It's a rumor. I'm going to say it's a rumor. Okay. 
but I'm sort of putting that into the like, is he having like a midlife crisis? And he's mm-hmm. like, I want to get as far away from Portland as I can. She can keep the Toyota dealership. She can keep the okay. speculation. All right. <laughs> In a, yeah, watch in a couple of days you're gonna see a post on like bleacher report that says like damian lillard getting a divorce source ryan uh, fox yeah if it's a rumor then i'm sorry i know it's a rumor <laughs> just kidding if it's true you hear it here yeah first. right <laughs> interesting to hear uh well on the i guess on the flip side of of you know blazers outlook you did draft scoot henderson which is a pretty cool thing it's cool I, yeah i watched some highlights of him the other day and it's like that dude can get to the hoop, you know, can make it yeah. get in the cup. He's got some like that personality too. That seems like really, you know, just generally very energized kind of reminds me of like Anthony Edwards. Totally man. Because, because, you know, they drafted Shaden Sharp last year and like, he's super fun to, to watch, but he's a you know, he's like more reserved. Doesn't seem like yeah. the face of your franchise so much. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be fun watching those guys play together this year. I mean, it's going to, It'll, it'll be ugly at times, mm. but also, I mean, I think it's kind of fun when they, when they tank and you, you get all the young guys who are oh, yeah. just hustling and scrappy. It's like, it's like, okay, well, I think lose by 30 or 20. If they lose by 20, that's a good game because it's, because it becomes good basketball. I think at a certain right. point, if they're getting destroyed. It's better than like a team that knows it's, there's nothing for yep. them to gain, you know, like these guys are still hungry I mean, for it. Trust me, as a Bulls fan, I've been wanting them to tank for a couple of years now. It's you know, <laughs> you get tired of the the eighth seed, one and done playing tournament. Like after so long, I know, man, that middle is the worst because you're like, we made the playoffs, the record for you know the Blazers have the current you know, oh yeah, make the playoffs, and then like for what for your first round exit? Like I mean, yeah. it's fun, it's exciting, but. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like the Blazers are like honestly the Mariners of the NBA, where it's like you've had some great teams, man, but it's just like it just it just comes up short. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, Scoot, Scoot will be fun. I I saw a thing. I saw a stat that his like um, what do they call it? The true shooting percentage mm-hmm. is uh like was lower than league average in the G League. But I was kind of like, he doesn't need to shoot threes maybe yeah. so much, or just like he's also how old and yeah that'll be yeah it'll be fun i'm i'm uh my partner her family's had season tickets for like mm-hmm. 25 years oh, so i go amazing. to kind of a lot of games um so I'll, yeah. be, I'll be there rainy rainy monday nights i'll be there <laughs> very yeah it'll be exciting to watch scoop play yeah cool um so the last thing i, I like to do is that this little game and I, I sent you ahead of time where we kind of pair up uh players with like what's their like musical counterpart whether it's based on how they play or uh, how they look or whatever weird reason. And, you know, uh-huh. we'll, we'll go back and forth. We'll compare our answers, um, but we'll do some Blazers players. And let's start with Brandon Roy, who I know is a little bit before your time as a Blazers fan. Yeah. I, you know, I, I sort of agonized over these. I wanted to get all these right. You know, <laughs> So, okay. So Brandon Roy, the, the, my thought was like, um, career ended too short or something like didn't didn't really promising was good really good and yeah. then and then it was over so I was thinking you know I started to think oh what are people who like put out a couple records that were great and then um, you know like I thought of like Joy Division or Nirvana mm-hmm. but I was like 
that's really dark yeah. things. <laughs> like also those were like genre changing. Um, I mean, yeah. You know, you know, whatever. So I, where I landed was like Sid Barrett, maybe Ooh. where it wasn't like, which is kind of like the something you know, internal yeah. crumble, you right. know, like does some really amazing stuff and then just kind of walks away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely feel like, obviously you kind of have to go that route of like who, who is a musician that kind of only had a, a few things and then was done. I unfortunately did go one of the dark, darker ways <laughs> just because like I, I, Brandon Roy is a super likable person. Like it seems like people in Portland like still really love him. And, you know, I think I, I don't even know if he still lives there or if he, maybe he's in Seattle or something, but yeah, I think he's um, in Seattle. He actually, he came back was the Blazers representative on draft night. Oh, nice. I think it's the story. Yeah. And I think that was the thing where Portland's like, Hey buddy, we missed yeah. you. Yeah. Kind of a vibe. Totally. Yeah. But I, you know, I feel like, uh instead of, i didn't go with you know joy division or anything i went with jeff buckley who's like okay i think the the reason i went with that because it's like the same thing with brandon roy was like i just i always think of like what what would you have done later in your career you know like yeah. I, w- I would love to see brandon roy you know as a as a vet in the league um and i would totally. love to hear jeff buckley's future music I would, i'm always so curious about that I know. Yeah. That's the, the, it's the, it's yeah. I mean, Nirvana or, you know, whomever it's Same like, deal, wow, yeah. what, what a cool trajectory and like really interesting as artists. And then, you, you know, sucks. That's, <laughs> that's totally. Uh, all right. Well, next one, uh, another player perhaps before your time, but I think everyone knows Rashid Wallace. Yeah. So I was kind of like, he's like, a rascal he's like really likable totally but like a troublemaker um so i was kind of like first i was like like odb or something <laughs> bastard or um i should oh like keith moon maybe like oh yeah running hotel rooms <laughs> um so that's kind of where i went but then i was like ball don't lie you know the the oh, yeah. whole thing and i was like i love that so much you know it's almost like Leonard Cohen sort of like going up <laughs> on the mountaintop and coming back with ball don't lie or um like a country like a country song or something so anyway that's, that's amazing kind of bounced around on that one that's that's great I, I do feel like ball don't lie is such like a poetic NBA say <laughs> I know I love it <laughs> that's amazing uh I, what you were talking about too I I, I had a, a similar like he is an aggressive wow. player with but like with like a sense of joy in it mm-hmm. Um, I went with the band fucked up who Mm. like, it's like, uh, I like to just call it happy hardcore, you know, like Uh it's just like Damien Abraham's like voice is so like raspy and like intense, but like the guitar riffs are very like positive and just like feel good. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's the, 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 you know, there are dudes who are like aggressive and mm -hmm. whatever. And it's kind of like, not fun yeah. but when you know it's like there's a certain charisma or likability then it's a different different story i feel like that's like the like kg is like intense but like not fun <laughs> yeah yeah i keep seeing this the clip uh, recently of julius randall playing against kg for, for the first time and like he does not put up with kg's antics and like puts him uh, in his place which is so funny yeah 
Uh, so the third on our list is the man we've been talking about so much, uh, Damian Lillard. All right. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to go about this. I know. So I was like first part of his career, um, whatever, six, seven, eight years. I was like Fugazi. I was like mm-hmm. crushes it at what he does. Super disciplined. There's sort of like, if you don't know, you think it's a little humorless, but you realize that it's like super fun mm-hmm. because so good at like all these different aspects. But then I was like, well, Fugazi didn't sell out. We still say sell out, <laughs> um, you know? And so then I was like, this is a band I love, Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. But they you know, were like so beloved in the, you know, in the punk community and whatever made three really great records. And then it was kind of like, uh, and at the time, like selling out was like, it wasn't like, yeah, stupid. It's either that or go get a job, right. like serving coffee or whatever. Um, you know, so they signed with Geffen for a million bucks or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's like getting traded to Miami. Yeah. But the thing is, then they like fell apart after that, you know, it was like underperformed mm-hmm. and internal struggles. But, you know, so that, that ended their career. But now they're like back kind of like, on the scene in their own, on their own yeah. terms again. You know? right. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's the analogy that like Dame's like, Oh, playing Gilman street and this and that. And then like, you know, signs with Geffen and then, uh, you know, doesn't win with Miami and then comes back to Portland. It's like, I love my dealership and I love my <laughs> estates here and, and we'll, re- we'll retire here. Yeah. But anyway, that's, Dame that's does the, uh, the dear you anniversary tour and we're all good. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm into it. <laughs> I like that record. I, you know, I, don't, oh, I, I, don't, lo- I love Dear You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That that's that's a that's a good call. Um, maybe maybe I need to do something now uh, with uh, you know the book Sellout by Dan Ozzy with Damian uh-huh. Lillard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I I focused I didn't focus on the the current climate with Dame. I just focused on his play and specifically Dame time. And I'm like who. Mm-hmm. Who is the musician who has like Dame Time characteristics? So I want an LCD sound system. I feel like James Murphy's right. got got Dame Time like activated. Uh huh. It's like uh huh. And that, you know, it. it's yeah. like they broke up for a while, and he's like, you know what? Let's let's bring it back. Let's play some. Let's put out a new album. And and uh-huh. the fact that he does he like DJs and stuff on his own like randomly and stuff. I feel like he has like that that kind of superstar personality. Yeah. And that's, I mean, maybe that's a little too like, uh, that kind of frenetic energy or just like really being active, you know, like Dame having yeah. his, his like rap career, which neither totally. one of us said, Oh, Dame the basketball player, Dame the <laughs> rapper, you know, totally. Um, cool. So yeah, the last one on our list is before any of our times, uh, is Clyde Drexler. Yeah. So that I went, um, First, I was like, oh, Clyde the Glide, like mm-hmm. Glider, like my bloody Valentine EP. I was like, <laughs> what? Um, so then I was kind of like, oh, you know, the um, the fluidity of his play, you know, I felt like he was a really like smooth player. So totally. I was kind of thinking like Al Green, maybe, mm-hmm. or uh, Marvin Gaye, even that kind of that kind of era. Totally. I'd say Al Green. That's my, that's my, <laughs> that's my there you go. Yeah, he's definitely smooth player. I honestly had to go back and like watch watch some clips of him just to like re uh-huh. reground myself in in the way he plays. And I feel like honestly, like ninety two, like watching clips of him against like you know the Jordan era Bulls and like 
he was ahead of his time for the way he played. Like mm-hmm. he does a lot of like, you know, step backs and like, you know, crossover jumpers that people do today. And I feel like you didn't see that much back then. Uh, so I said, the yeah, top- I wonder, you wonder too, how, like how, like put those guys in the modern NBA and who's going to, yeah. who's going to do well, like he's probably going to do well. I he, agree. Jordan's going to do well because he's Jordan, of but course. like, you know, Charles, yeah. Bar- Charles Barkley, what's he going to look like in the modern NBA? Cause he's, he's smaller for what he was, you know, for a four, like compared yeah. today, you know, I don't, right. I don't know. Um, but because I think Clyde was ahead of his time, I said talking heads. Who I feel like just no one, nice. no one, no one knew what to do do with at the time. And and I, I look back it. now, and I'm like, this is still like out there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that one. So yeah, I, I feel like that makes sense, and I feel like that's a a, a good round out uh, for our musician matchups. I feel like we got some good comps there. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> But uh, I th- I think that that's really all I got. Uh, this has been a pleasure talking Blazers with you, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I hope you guys have a good uh, rest of your tour. Um, and do you have anything else coming up? Anything else you want to kind of promote or anything? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, tour's been great. I'm looking forward to I'm not looking forward to finishing it up. I'm looking <laughs> forward to the second leg. East yeah. Coast will be great. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining, man. It's been great talking. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for checking out this episode of Indie Basketball. Thanks to Ryan for joining me. Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. For all you East Coasters, make sure you check out The Good Life as they they come through on their second half of their tour. I also want to take this time to thank our Patreon supporters. You guys are huge in getting stuff done and and helping me get stuff done for half court sessions and and helping continue doing all the things I do. If you want to support, we're at patreon.com slash indie basketball. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.